Hello, welcome to episode 16 of the Hockey News on the Dub podcast, brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Carol Schramm, as always, here with Adam Kersenblatt. And in this episode, we'll look at the race for playoff spots with three weekends of regular season action left to go before the WHL playoffs begin. Then we've got our three stars of the week, the Calgary Flames as our NHL team of the week. And we'll finish up by bringing you up to date on yet another huge week from Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats. How are you doing, Adam? What's going on with you? Oh, I'm good. You know, um, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but got to witness the Giants clinch a playoff spot in um, over the weekend with back-to-back wins against Victoria. Uh, I'm also going to my uh, first Canuck game in a while uh, on Wednesday against the Anaheim Ducks. So um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I know that they have been playing better and that Arthur Seelov's, Arthur's, Seelovs has come out of nowhere uh, and just stolen the show and pulling, you know, Thatcher Demko like saves uh, like he did uh, last game. So it's it's a little bit of a weird time in uh, Canuckland, and I'm excited to see what the team brings on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, I will be at the game on Wednesday as well against Anaheim. Uh, I've been tracking Sea Love's process, progress for a while, so I'm not completely shocked to see what he's been doing. He's had some pretty um, big stage moments with Latvia at World Championships where he's kind of come out of nowhere for them and had a real good tournament last year. So I'm not 100% surprised. I suspect um, we'll probably see Demko back in the Connect Snap for Vancouver's two games for the rest of this week, Anaheim on Wednesday, and then Ottawa, a huge game for the Senators on Saturday night. Um, I also had a little bit of uh, dub content over the last week. I had a chat with uh, defenseman Nolan Allen from the Seattle Thunderbirds for an upcoming profile for the magazine. And uh, needless to say, with Seattle in the middle of a 13-game winning streak, um, he's having a little bit of fun right now. (laughs) Seattle's had a pretty heavy schedule, but uh, Allen is not minding going to the rink when uh, they're outscoring teams by enormous margins and as a defenseman, barely giving up any goals too must be a really, uh, you know, easy situation. So his transition from uh, from Prince Albert earlier in the season to uh, uh, to Seattle has uh, has gone pretty smoothly. He's pretty excited about what lies ahead as far as playoffs and uh, potentially Memorial Cups. So uh, that'll that'll be uh, fun to watch, and you can keep an eye out for that in an upcoming issue of the Hockey News Magazine. Uh, won't be out for a while yet. Anyways, let's dig into this week's content, starting with. With, uh, with our headlines where we've seen uh, a few more teams, including the Vancouver Giants, as you mentioned, clinching their playoff spots. Yeah, so the West is pretty much solid on who's going to be in, who's going to be out. The last spot, so seven teams have clinched the last spot. Looks like Kelowna will clinch this weekend. Um, they are basically on the on the precipice of clinching. I think they only need one point at the moment. Uh, to clinch so we'll see if they can get it done this week i'd be very surprised if they don't get it done so we kind of know what the west is going to look like uh minus the seeding which uh is a little bit questionable from number four through six uh they're pretty close but basically we know the playoff teams uh at this point the east though is very very complicated because we only have three teams that have clinched moose jaw and lethbridge will probably clinch this weekend um, but then you have Regina, Medicine Hat, Swift Current, Calgary, Brandon, uh, and Prince Albert all fighting for that um, six through eight spot. 
So it's very, very intense down the stretch. Uh, lots of games where um, teams are hoping for three-point games. Or, sorry, hoping that there aren't three-point games. So it's it even though there's only, you know, less than 10 games left for most of the teams, it will get very intense very quickly. And we're going to start seeing teams clinch as soon as this weekend in the East. Okay. And uh, we'll loop back one more time. The Canada Winter Games and PEI have now wrapped up, but uh, we've got a cool WHL note from uh, last week's women's tournament. Yeah, so... Um, with the Vancouver Giants, uh, Vancouver Giants prospect Chloe Primarino uh, put on a show at the Canada Winter Games. So she was drafted by the Vancouver Giants in the 13th round, 268th overall. She's the first female skater to ever be drafted into the CHL. She's not the first female um, player. That was uh, Taya Curry, who was drafted by Sarnia uh, back in 2021, 14th round. She's a goaltender, um, and she's playing in a U22 league at the moment over in Ontario. But yeah, Chloe Primarino um, recently turned 16, so she was playing in the U18 tournament. She led the tournament with seven assists and 12 points as a defenseman. Um, and she also scored five goals as a defenseman. So she helped Team BC win their first ever gold medal. And she's a defenseman, if I haven't mentioned that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think the next step for Chloe is, um, obviously she's going to come to WHL camp next year. That's the plan. Uh, we'll see if she gets a contract with the Vancouver Giants or not. Uh, she performed really well at training camp. So it, it's kind of a, we'll see how she has developed over the past year. And I, the really the next step for her is when is Team Canada going to start calling at the U18 level? Um, I don't yeah. think that it will be this hockey season, but I do believe that in the next hockey season, so that would be 2023-2024, I uh, expect her to be wearing the Maple Leaf at some competitions at the U18 or even at the U16, or no, yeah, sorry, U18 level. Yeah, yeah, U18 is basically the first grouping for uh for national team on the on the women's side so uh that'll definitely be something to uh to watch out for and see if she can follow in the footsteps of uh another bc girl in jada ginla who won a gold medal with canada at u18s um a year or so ago and yeah one thing i'll say about chloe is that she doesn't feel the pressure uh well if, even if she does she doesn't show it like when we talk to her uh, during training camp at the Giants, she was very calm, collected, you know, a little bit uh, starstruck because Brent Seabrook was on the ice and her favorite player is Duncan Keith. But, <laughs> but you know, who wouldn't be in that situation where you're being trained by a multi-time Stanley Cup winner uh, who was on arguably one of the best teams of the last decade? Um, so it is, um, it will be interesting to see how she does uh, develop and if she can if if what we're seeing at the women's level does translate to the men's game because i mm -hmm. i just watching some of her games at i i 100 see a scenario where she can play in the whl and that you could even argue that she probably should have gone higher in the draft but um that you know, situations uh prevented that from happening and yeah, that's very cool and definitely something to uh, to keep an eye on. It's nice to be on this story early and sort of watch its watch its development and see if she can be um, a player who makes history. I love that. 
Um, now let's turn to our three stars of the week. And we're going to start off this week with another defense person. Uh, uh, out in uh, Red Deer, we have Matt Lindgren. Yes, yeah, so Matt Lindgren, a son of NHLer Matt Lindgren. So I guess he would be a junior, but uh, he's not officially a junior in the system. Um, so 2022 fourth rounder by Buffalo, 106 overall. He had one goal and seven assists in three games. He's up to 30 points in 56 games so far this season. Um, one thing about Matt Lindgren is that he's really improved his two-way game this year. He is a better skater in the WHL, and he continues to display his speed and agility, uh, ability to change direction at top speeds. Um, and he's made that Red Deer defense deeper, um, which has led to Red Deer becoming one of the most dangerous teams across the uh, WHL. Um, yeah, and just a quick note on uh, on Matt Lindgren Sr. He um, was a forward and a first-round pick by Winnipeg in 1993, but never played for them, bounced around a little bit, and finished up his career um, in Vancouver with the Canucks in 2002-03. And then Matt's Jr. was born in the summer of 2004 in Vancouver, so uh, he has Western Canadian roots all the way back to his, uh, to his you know, to his birth, really. Um, he's a defenseman, but uh, on the small side a little bit at five foot eleven, but as you say, his mobility is really his um, his calling card. And uh, Lindgren got his start in uh, Kamloops in the WHL, but moved on to Red Deer at the beginning of this season. Um, now we'll switch to the second star and go to one of the best defensive teams in the league, the Saskatoon Blades, and goalie Austin Elliott. Yeah, Austin Elliott. Um, this is. Uh, a very intriguing goaltender because this is his first full season in the dub and he is making the most of it. So over two starts, he made 48 uh, saves on 51 shots and he's one of just three goaltenders in the WHL this year to hold Connor Bedard off of the score sheet. So that is uh, always something to talk about. Um, he's been great all year though, 22, five and three. He has the second most wins in the league. He is draft eligible, but he's not ranked. And that does have to do with the fact that there isn't a big enough sample size at the high junior level yet. So I think that that's a guy that you could see maybe get some draft interest next season. But yeah, he's got, he's also a little bit of a smaller uh, goalie at six foot one, 161 pounds. So he has to put on a little bit of uh, size there. But we'll see. If, if he doesn't get drafted, I think that he'll be one of these candidates that we see in a couple seasons as an uh, overager, undrafted player who gets an NHL uh, contract based off of his play, if he can continue what he's done this season. Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, um, with the amount of eyes that are on Connor Bedard in every game that he plays, um, for Elliot to have gone out and had a huge game and uh, shut down uh, shut down Bedard on uh, Sunday, I think it was, with Saskatoon beat Regina um, after the huge weekend that Bedard has had, that's definitely something that even if scouts or teams hadn't really been paying much attention to him before this, at least it uh, gets him onto their radar and we'll see uh, where things go for him from here. Now for our first star, uh, this week we are back with the Prince George Cougars once again. They uh, are doing good things, making themselves noticed. And this week we look at their blue line as well and uh, Hudson Thornton. So yeah, Hudson Thornton, um, he's a player that was passed over in the draft this year. I don't think he's going to be passed over in the draft this year. He had five goals and two assists, 16 shots in four games. He's fifth in WHL scoring 
with 63 points in 59 games. He's also one of only two defensemen in the entire WHL who have over 20 goals. Uh, Olin Zellweger leads the WHL with 24, but this is a very mobile defenseman, 5'11", 180 pounds, so kind of on the smaller side for defensemen, but he is uh, pretty good. You know, he's really taken a step He's, he's taken a step up in his development this year. He's become stronger in his own end. And that was kind of the question last year. And one of the reasons I think that he may have not been drafted, but he's always had that offensive upside. He's currently riding a five game point streak. Uh, and he did have a four game point streak until the last game where that was snapped. And this is important because, you know, he's on the team with Ethan, Ethan Sampson, who has been driving that Prince George Cougars bus on the, on the D line for a couple of years. And he has 10 more points than Ethan Sampson's. Uh, this year so we'll see what happens with him but yeah i i'm a big fan of hudson thornton i was a little bit disappointed he didn't get drafted last year i understand that he didn't but we'll i really think that a team is going to jump at the opportunity to draft him this year yeah and with, with prince george doing as well as they have they've now sort of jumped ahead of everett and tri-city and are sitting in the home ice advantage spot in the playoffs in the fourth seed but they only have three players on their whole team that have been drafted one being the defenseman samson that you mentioned and the two goaltenders so prince george is a really good team that doesn't have a lot of nhl prospects unlike certain other teams we know about i'm looking at you seattle thunderbirds um so i would think that um the the farther Prince George goes and the more they do, the greater the opportunity for a player like Thornton. He's one of the older players in his um, in his draft year as well. He has a November birthday, so he'll be turning 20 in November. So he might be somebody who could be pro-ready a little bit quicker than uh, than some of the, the the younger players, and that could be appealing to teams as a, um, as a later round draft pick. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, for our player spotlight this week, uh, we are now into free agent signing season, and uh, a couple of WHLers have been signed to contracts by NHL teams over the last week or so since the window opened on March 1st. Yeah, so how this window works is that players who weren't drafted can sign contracts as of March 1st, and the contracts are set for next season. So even though they can, even though they're signed now, the contract only starts in the 2023-24 season, and these are for players who won't be back in the WHL because of their birthday. Um, so it's a little bit, it's pretty exciting to watch these players who have worked so hard, even though they haven't been drafted, get this opportunity, and uh, we'll see where it goes. There, um, There is another uh, option down the line as well to sign drafted players who weren't signed yet, but that will take we'll look at in a little bit in the future right now it's just players who have went through the draft cycle never got drafted and are now kind of earned this opportunity to get drafted okay so we've got two guys uh let's start out again back in prince george uh jackson so i guess we now uh have a, a fourth player who is assigned uh, to an nhl team here in uh, jackson weeb yeah jackson weeb he was signed by the anaheim ducks on march 2nd he is listed as a right winger, uh, six foot one, two hundred nine pounds. So he's a big player. You know, he he's a very physical player. He was traded from Edmonton to Prince George earlier this year. He led the Oil Kings in scoring at the Memorial Cup last year with three goals and one assist in three games, and he recorded his first career junior hat, hockey hat trick on June twenty second, twenty twenty two, against St. John's, uh, the Sea Dogs at the Memorial Cup, uh, with his third goal being the OT winner. 
Uh, he was also invited to Columbus camp in the offseason, but he was never signed. So uh, Jackson Weeb, uh, 11 goals, 28 points in 29 games. This is a player who does cross the line a little bit. He has been suspended multiple times and uh, before this season, and he's already been suspended twice this year. He's got four games and a seven-gamer. Um, the seven game was a, for a check from behind, but you know, this is a physical guy who isn't afraid to drop the gloves. He shown he can play with the high skill players because he has been playing with Chase Wheatcroft and then Riley Height. Um, they've kind of switched out those centers, but he's also, he has played with Riley Height quite a lot this season, um, this season. And his kind of projection, if he does make the NHL, is you know, a fourth line physical player who isn't afraid to drop the gloves or, you know, be a pest and uh, play that physical game. Um, yeah. And for the ducks at this point, they're really in a situation where they're trying to load up their prospect pool. Not only is their NHL team a little bit short on talent or waiting for young players to develop, but uh, their AHL team, the San Diego Gulls are also in uh, last place in the Pacific division in the AHL by a significant margin. So um, the ducks can definitely use more bodies and uh, with as many skilled young players as they have bringing in somebody who uh, can provide a little bit of a physical presence, I think makes sense as as well so we'll um, keep an eye on uh, Jackson Jackson Weeb as he go starts his pro journey next year in the uh, in the Anaheim organization then our, our second uh, WHL free agent who signed last week uh, with Vegas is uh, Christopher Sadoff yeah Christopher Sadoff uh, Golden Knights um, going with a, another Prairie uh, a kid who played in the Prairies he's you know with the Red Deer Rebels uh, not surprising, knowing their history with uh, Western Canadian uh, players. But he is a Finnish prospect. He was drafted in the first round back in 2019 in the uh, CHO import draft. He's uh, six foot one, 196 left shot defenseman. So he's played three years with Red Deer. But during that pandemic year, he did go back to uh, Finland. So he could have played four, but he's only at three at the moment. So this year he's got 54 games played, 42 assists and 46 points. But his offense is not really his strength. It is his defense. He's a player that can force uh, the opposition to the perimeter and he doesn't really give up much in the middle. Um, he's not a player that's just going to, you know, take slap shots from the point. He's very, he has a very good snapshot and he uses that on um, consistently. And you know, his ceiling would be kind of that third line or third D pair shutdown defender uh, who can transition to puck well. You know, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. He's kind of that safety player that every team wants. Uh, you know, the low cost left shot third pair defenseman who plays 12 to 15 minutes. So that would be a ceiling. And, you know, there are like a guy like Nick Holden kind of comes to mind or Brendan Dilling comes to mind as, you know, these undrafted kind of bigger guys. I know he's only six foot one, one and 86 pounds, but he can put on some weight. Um, you know, these guys that are shut down defenders at the NHL level who didn't get drafted, but worked their way up and earned those contracts. And yeah. And a, a, a stay at home defenseman like that, as you say, is a guy that teams generally don't want to spend a ton of money on. So it's a, a, a good place to look at, at undrafted um, junior players. And uh, yeah, the WHL has a, has a history. And like you said, with, uh, with all his connections to Brandon, uh, Kelly McCrimmon certainly likes to, uh, to shop at the WHL store whenever he can. 
Um, now we'll turn to our NHL team of the week. And uh, we've got quite a lot for you here with the Calgary Flames, uh, a Western team with, uh, with a lot of Western players. And before we dig into their prospects who are playing in the dub, we want to touch on three drafted prospects who are with their AHL team, the Calgary Wranglers right now, because they're all pretty significant and have some intriguing backstories. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can make that next jump to the, uh, to the NHL level. So let's start out with the, uh, with the youngest of the three, which is uh, Connor Zary. Yeah. Connor Zary, first rounder from uh, 2020, 2020. Um, he played for the Kamloops Blazers. He's six foot 185 pounds right now. Um, he was dominant in the WHO with the Blazers, 206 points in 203 games. And he was a player that was instrumental in, you know, guiding guys like Logan Stankoven, Fraser Minton, um, Josh, Josh Pillar, like these, this, this generation of, well, Pillar's not with the Campbell's Blazers, but this kind of group that's going into the Memorial Cup, Connor's area was so important for them during the bubble season when he came back and played. Um, but, you know, Zeri, his, Forte is speed, speed, speed. He's one of the fastest players in the WHL. He was one of the fastest players when he played in the, in, or he was one of the fastest players in the WHL and he's translated that to the AHL. He's got a great shot and he set a new career high with 17 goals and 48 points in 56 games this year for Calgary with the Wranglers. Uh, he hasn't gotten the opportunity yet in the NHL, but this is a player to definitely watch as training camp comes around because the Flames are in a little bit of a difficult situation at the moment, I think you could say. And uh, we'll see how much turnover there is. But he's a guy who could definitely earn a spot on the Flames roster next year, especially because, you know, he's he would still be on that, on that cheap deal. And they're definitely at the point where they have to start looking at those uh, cheap deals to get into the lineup. Yeah, there was definitely a lot of buzz around Zeri at the uh, the Young Stars tournament in Penticton when I was there in the fall, um, but he didn't really do a lot in those games, so it uh, didn't surprise me to see him go back to Cal to uh, to the AHL. It'll be interesting to uh, to see, as you say, if he can build on that pro experience and uh, take a better run next season. Um, the our next player also was was a was a buzzy guy at uh, at Penticton. He's 24 now and was drafted all the way back in 2016 in the sixth round. But uh, Flames fans are chomping at the bit to see Matthew Phillips get a real shot with the big club. Yeah, Matthew Phillips, arguably the the greatest Victoria Royals player of all time. 220 points in 249 games with the franchise, and he had 112 points and 48 goals in his final year. Um, he's in his fifth year already, uh, fifth year pro. So five foot eight, 165 pounds. He's got 59 points in 50 games, uh, and he had 31 goals in the AHL last year. But you know, five foot eight, as I said, five foot eight, 165 pounds. I don't know if that's really a Daryl Sutter type of player. Um, he's extremely skilled, but we'll see if uh, Daryl Sutter gives him an opportunity. Um, he has played a couple games in the NHL already, but it, this is an interesting player because the the player doesn't really fit the organization, if that makes some sense. Absolutely. Um, and seeing that, uh, that that Jacob Pelche is getting sort of an ongoing look in Calgary and is, is doing pretty well for himself, 
Um, you know, like you say, with everything Calgary's going through right now, it's really hard to know what that team's going to look like next year um, going into training camp, how much, uh, how much change is going to happen. But uh, um, maybe having someone different behind the bench might be beneficial to, a, to the opportunity that a player like Phillips could get. Um, and while we're on the subject of size, uh, let's talk about goalie Dustin Wolf, who may not be the biggest, but is just the best darn goalie in the American Hockey League right now. Yeah, Dustin Wolf, uh, 2019 seventh round pick, so 214th overall, back to back WHO goalie of the year with the Everett Silver Tips. He was also named uh, AHO goalie of the year last year when he put up a, a, um, a fantastic season. 32-9-2 record this season with a 9.26 save percentage, four shutouts, and a 2.28 goals against average. Um, yeah, like what more can you say about Dustin Wolf? Like he deserves an opportunity. He was at the HL All Star game, which you know was an interesting game to watch because, if my memory serves right, Mitch Love was the head coach of Team Pacific and they're supposed to switch goaltenders at like the midway point of the game, but yeah. he just let Dustin Wolf play the entire <laughs> game. Uh, so that was, that was something kind of interesting to watch, but yeah, sick. He's six foot, 174 pounds. Um, and for whatever reason, if you're not above six foot and you're a goaltender teams, just don't want to give you that chance. But based off Calgary's goaltending, I mean, at this point, why not give him an opportunity? Um, yeah, that's, that, that's a fair point. Um, I want to drive home as well. Dustin Wolf's 32 wins in the AHL this year. The, the next best totals are 21 wins. So he's not just leading, he's leading by like 50% more than any other AHL goalie. Um, Joey Decord has 21 wins and so does Archer Silov in Abbotsford. So, uh, those are, those are the guys who are like the, the, you know, heirs to his throne, but uh, are a long way back. Um, as I didn't know that about the AHL All-Star Game. That's hilarious. But uh, it's just sort of funny in terms of All-Star Games that it's not really a reward for a goaltender, I don't know necessarily. But uh, I believe that game ended up being quite low scoring, wasn't it? Yeah, because Dustin Wolf just stood on his head, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Team Pacific did win that all that age. It's, it, it's kind of like a mini tournament that they had. Um, and Team Pacific won in the end uh, with a big help from Dustin Wolf, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, I'll just quickly tell my my favorite Dustin Wolf story. Um, he was drafted in 2019 when the draft was held here in Vancouver, and I was covering that event. Um, and so at near the end of day two, as they're in the second round, I'm trying to finish up my work and get my uh, get my stories filed as the names of the sixth and seventh rounders are sort of droning on. There's a name every minute, every minute or two, you know, and they sort of sort of list, list, list. And um, Rogers Arena is starting to empty out. The families are leaving. Everybody's kind of going on about their day. And I'm just, you know, head down trying to get work done. And all of a sudden I hear this huge cheer erupt from the crowd. And I, you know, I look up and I look around at the people who are close to me. I'm like, you know, what was that? Who was that? And they're like, oh, Dustin Wolf just got drafted. And I'm like, why are all these people so excited about a guy who's getting drafted at like the end of the seventh round? And they're like, well, he's from California. And, uh, you know, typically you don't see a lot of goaltenders coming out of California, although the Canucks now have two in their organization in uh, Demko and Colin Delia. Um, but, you know, a little bit of an unusual um, path. And then, uh, 
because Wolf also had such a successful WHL career in Everett, he had a big cheering section that came up from uh, from Everett to support him, as well as his family and friends from California. And, and they stuck with it till the bitter end. He was the fourth to last player drafted and they lost their mind when uh, when his name was called. So it was just it was very cool. And I think it says a lot about a player when uh, when he has that kind of support from uh, from the people around him. And I, I like to think that that's something that, um, you know, maybe is contributing to to his success or else they just really know a good thing and a guy that continues to sort of defy expectations um, at every level. Um, I got to see him play in Penticton as well. And, and yeah, he was, he was really good. So um, Dustin Wolf has, has my full support for, uh, um, you know, to get a UC Saros opportunity and uh, see what he can do at the NHL level. Um, now, Calgary also has three drafted players who are still in the dub. And uh, for the first one from that list, we'll go to Seattle and their captain, Lucas Siona. Now, Lucas Siona, um, 2021 sixth round pick. He, as you said, he's the captain of the powerhouse uh, Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, great size, plays left wing at 6'2, 206 uh, pounds, second in scoring on that stack team. So that does tell you something that he is uh, producing and that he has taken that step up. So he's a player that um, that shows that taking a risk on somebody who's a little bit bigger and has that kind of fun, uh, some of the like solid fundamentals is a good idea. He went from having 0.57 points per game in his draft year to 1.28 points per game this season. Um, he's one of the reasons behind Seattle's success uh, because he doesn't take a lot, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. You know, the the coaching staff loves him because they can put him out in all situations, and they know that he's not going to, you know, give a massive turnover or make a mistake, and that leads to a two on one the other way. He's sound defensively, and he's showing now that he has that playmaking ability in the offensive zone. So it's kind of a player that it took a little bit more time, but the payoff has been worth it based off of his WHO play so far. Yeah. And with the roster that Seattle has in those five first round draft picks in their lineup um, and, and their stacked forward group, the fact that he's not only was named captain in January, but also continues to get quality ice time and, uh, you know, and be, as you say, a player that the coaching staff, you know, leans on and relies on really says a lot about the evolution of his game. So uh, good for him as a sixth rounder to be, uh, to be making that kind of progress. Um, now we've got Cole Jordan coming up next. Yeah. Cole Jordan for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Now um, he is a pretty big defender um, he's listed at six foot two and around 204 pounds at the moment, left shot, uh, defenseman fifth round, 141st overall. So he actually was uh, drafted ahead of, uh, Siona. Um, this is a little bit unfortunate because it is his final year in the WHO and he is unsigned. And the reason is he suffered a major injury on November 15th and has been out for the year, but in his first 17 games, he had seven points. He's a really good skater, so we'll have to see how he comes back from that injury. But it it's it's kind of the worst time to get injured when you're a late-round draft pick in your final WHO year and you're unsigned. So we'll see if Calgary decides that he's worth keeping and signing to a contract or if they relinquish his rights uh, later on this year. 
Yeah, that is too bad. Um, and then Calgary's third prospect uh, is in the Tri-City Americans organization, and that's Parker Bell. Yeah, Parker Bell, um, 2022 fifth round pick. Uh, he is a player that, you know, Calgary, I feel like Calgary uh, Calgary's going to love, um, especially Daryl Sutter. He's a left winger. He's 19 years old right now. Six foot four. So, you know, he's pretty big. Um, you can sense kind of a theme here. All of these players mm -hmm. are kind of big that the Calgary Frames drafted, but 56 points in 48 games. He's very intelligent and he understands how to use his size to his advantage. So he can shield the puck very well from defenders and he can also change directions very quickly, which at the WHL level does make a difference because defenders usually commit a little bit um, more at the WHL level than the NHL level. So you'll see these plays where he'll just kind of change directions and the defender will be, won't will be on the other side of the ice. Um, and he also thinks he's a very smart player. So you can tell that he thinks the game one or two steps ahead. So that allows him in the defensive zone to cut off passes and start the transition game the other way. So this is a player that I definitely really like. And he's a big reason why Tri-City has had such a turn around this season. And that's great. Um, lots from Calgary and uh, and the WHL, which uh, makes sense given the uh, proximity of the league and the team and the fact that the Hitmen play right in their building. How how much easier could scouting possibly be? Um, all right, let's uh, let's finish off today with uh, another installment of the Connor Bedard report, and uh, we'll try and get through this fairly quickly, despite the fact that, uh, as usual, Connor has uh, met and exceeded our expectations with his performance over last weekend. Yes, yeah, so we talked about it last week. Connor Bedard has officially passed Connor McDavid for mo more points in their draft year in the same amount of games. So McDavid, if you remember, one had 120 points in 47 games. At the 47-game mark, Bedard had 123. Um, the reason is because he decided to put on a show uh, during the TSN broadcasted Regina versus uh, Winnipeg ice game um, uh, where he scored four goals and had an assist in a 5-3 wins. And, uh, you know, this, is a, this was a great opportunity to see Bedard versus Benson and I don't think it's very surprising that Bedard came out on top. He also had 10 shots on goal in that game. It's the third time this season he's had uh, five or more points and at least 10 shots on goal. So That's that crazy. is yeah, that is uh, pretty wild. Um, the other times were against Edmonton and Calgary. So Edmonton in November and Calgary in January where Regina won. Um, the next night, he had one goal and three assists for four points in a 6-5 OT victory over Red, uh, Red Deer. He only had three shots on goal, but he still had four points. Um, he's been held to three or fewer shots just nine times this season, and he scored his 59th goal of the year, um, which is the most since Jaden uh, Hubgawaks, um, who uh, back in 2017-2018 had 70 goals. Um which is just absolutely incredible. And he finished off the week in a uh, shocking faction with <laughs> no points. Uh, so he did have four shots on goal, but you know, there maybe he spent all of his energy uh, in those first two games of the, of the week. But I think that he had a pretty good, I think we could say he had a pretty good week, uh, even though he was held off the score sheet in that last game. 
Yeah, well, a couple of things there. The um, the Winnipeg game on Friday night on TSN, um, Winnipeg was up 3-0 in that game before Bedard put himself into gear and engineered the comeback with his four-goal, one-assist night. So um, for Regina, a team that's been maligned as being not that great to um, have come back to be the top ranked team in the entire CHL in fashion like that just shows what Bedard is capable of doing when he puts a team on his back. And uh, it makes me very excited for uh, what we might be able to to see from him once the, uh, once the playoffs roll around. And uh, as you say, if, by the, if he was out of gas by the time Sunday rolled around and they got to Saskatoon, once he had also beaten that McDavid number handily by three points with his four-point night on Saturday, um, I'm, I'm all good with that, Connor you can take the night off and uh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm so happy to see Regina winning as well as him putting up points, because again, it, uh, it uh, gets my blood flowing, gets me excited about what we might see when, uh, when playoff time comes around. What's on the agenda for Bedard this week? So Bedard has, I don't want to say it's a easier week, but there the teams that they are facing are, um, he can put up some points. Let's just put it like that. So on Edmonton, he's got Edmonton on Wednesday, who at the moment have 19 points in 59 games. Um, I think that that could be, you know, if Bedard really puts his foot to the pedal, that could be a very interesting game in his uh, uh, quest for 70 goals uh, this season. Um, and then he's got Lethbridge on uh, Friday, which is a massive game for the Regina Pats because they're just five points off of Lethbridge right now for that fifth spot. And then they end the week against medicine hat on Saturday. And also in a standing. So overall, these are massive games uh, for Regina and they have to go at least two and one and they have to collect some points. Um, but for the Connor Bedard uh, projection, I think that mm -hmm. 10 and a half points is a good uh, over under um, line. But I would not be surprised if, you know, he breaks that handily. Um, yeah, so we're setting the bar at three and a half points per game and suggesting that he could go higher. Um, and and as you say, both, you know, two of these games are pretty important as far as playoff seating goes as well. So, um, yeah, I, I don't I'm not going to take the under, but I think ten and a half is 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 a good line. I think that's I I think your uh, your odds making is uh, is in fine form today, Adam, and that really does give sort of a maybe a fifty fifty option for uh, for both ways. But I would still be inclined to take the over just because that feels like the best thing to do when Connor Bedard is concerned. Uh, look forward to seeing what he can uh, bring to the table this week. Also and. Uh, yeah. Also, we know that Regina, somebody from Regina listens to the podcast and is obviously, you know, maybe telling Bedard what lines we're putting on because a couple weeks <laughs> ago, all of a sudden, uh, Regina retweeted the pot, the episode and uh, we made a projection and Bedard just smashed it out of the park. So maybe there's a little bit of motivation uh going on there <laughs> yeah I, I don't think that we can lay claim to what he does I think he can probably do a lot on his own but it is uh it's it's, it's fun to keep doing this and it's even more fun to see him keep blowing us away 
Um, and I will be more than happy to uh, to uh, watch him keep keep going with that. So uh, let's let's see what happens uh, in in this week's game. As, and as you say, he's got a chance to really uh, load up on some points against Edmonton on Wednesday night. Uh, that wraps up our show for today. Thanks again, as always, for listening. Don't forget to check out the rest of the uh, Hockey News family of podcasts to keep you updated on prospects all across the hockey world. Uh, enjoy the games this weekend. Take care. Uh, nice to see you, Adam, and uh, we'll see you again next week.